family. Hey, wow, thank you. Thank you, Dad. <laughs> John, love you. Thank you. Wow. I just felt struck that phrase, to be overcome by his presence. And, um, man, I began to get emotional. And I know some of you know that's not difficult for me. I'm a Greek-blooded man. I, emotions come very naturally. But something about being overwhelmed by his presence... It's so pure, it's so, so lovely, isn't it? So beautiful. You know, and um, I, I, I knelt down and I, I said, I don't, I don't kneel before you that often. And I, I heard him say, lift up your head, child. And there's this sense of reverent awe that we do come into his courts with reverence and awe. But we come before this daddy in heaven who says, lift up your head, child. And it's not this lift up your head, servant. Do you remember Andy said we, we've been set free not only from sin, but also that we're no longer servants, but we're friends of God, we're children of God. And I, I don't believe it's just for me. I believe you. some of you need to hear this also. Lift up your head, child. We do kneel. Look at, it was wonderful. I looked up at one point and it was just like, let the bodies hit the floor, man. There's people scattered around, but we don't lie there in fear like we're going to be struck by lightning, right? We lie there in like, like on a lilo of love. That's what this message is called, a lilo of love, okay? Don't worry, it's not. But just receive his love more and more. Right now. Right now. Lift up your head, child. I kept repeating that over myself as if it was the father saying it to me. Lift up your head. And gaze into my eyes. My eyes burn with love for you. My eyes will never be emptied of love for you. Lift up your head, child. Lift up your head. Hey, JT, are you still around? Joe? Ah, There you are. Um, yeah, just as we were beginning to worship, actually, about an hour ago, um, I kind of saw us all standing, and I felt God just show me this huge banner right across this place. And I just felt him say, oh, I am Yahweh Rapha. I'm the God who loves to heal you. And I just kind of mentioned it to Sam, and I just really felt, as even as we were worshipping, but also maybe as he's just speaking truth over us, I don't know if a clue what he's going to bring, but I'm sure it's going to be truth-filled. And I just felt like God's saying, uh, he wants to heal people in this place. And I had three things that I just really felt, just to kind of do a posture, really. So first one was, I feel like he's going to um, straighten crooked backs. And then the next, I just feel like um, pain in the knees, arthritic knees. I feel like he's going to release pain. He's going to reduce swelling in the knees. And, and then the last thing, I just felt feet. just saw people's feet on the floor. And I feel like um, as the presence of God just falls, that um, flat-footedness is going to be lifted. Um, <laughs> Yeah, just that God is going to do something with even um, straightening out feet or growing legs. So just backs, knees and feet, I felt. Wonderful. So we're just going to go for that right now. And, you know, we've, we've had story after story, haven't we, as a church, testimony after testimony, that we give God space and he feels it. He feels it. Do you remember a few weeks ago we just said, if anyone's sick, and there's several people, you know, in our world saw him sick, and then we just said, God, just do what you can only do, just heal. We didn't get all flustered. We didn't start shouting and screaming. We just said, Jehovah Rapha, come on, do what you do best. It's in your nature. And, and I know I went, oh, man, is anything happening? And one after the other, these hands went up. That's what we're going to do right now. I love being in his presence because everything about worship, like Andy said, it's, it's all about him. But when we encounter him, he starts giving us stuff. So if you're sick in your body, like Joe said, those words, arthritic backs, knees, what was the other one, Joe? Feet straightening out. If that's you in any way, just lift up your hand. Actually, if you want healing for anything, lift up your hand. Okay, if you're near one of these people with their hands in the air, can you just lay, lay your hand on their shoulder? And right now, just begin to speak healing over them. Remember what Jesus said, you are the light of the world. 
He's commissioned us to do the same works that he came to do. That's to lay our hands on those that are afflicted and see them recover. So right now we speak healing and wholeness in Jesus' name. We bind anything of the enemy that has looked to come and steal, kill and destroy. Because we believe that our God is good. We believe you're a healer, Jesus. And because you're alive, you're still healing today. So we just release your healing all over this place. As as if I'm kind of releasing it. God's releasing it. Right now, healing in Jesus' name. I believe some of you are going to feel a real sense of peace as well. And almost like fire coming on you right now. Like this sense of like warmth happening and it's growing and it's growing and it's growing. So these backs, these knees, this flat-footedness, we command healing in Jesus' name. More joy. More peace. You know, there's those times when you can sense his manifest presence, right? I might be the only one in this, but I'm probably not. I can sense the manifest presence of God here. And that's what we're connecting with. Healing. Anyone feel any change happening? Just wave at me. Wonderful. Wonderful. Anyone else? Cool. Anyone else? Just lift up your hands if you're feeling a tangible change happening in your body, your mind, your soul right now. Keep them lifted up. Isn't this good? Isn't this good? So the good work that you've started, Father, just complete. Joe said to me as well that as I'm speaking, people are going to continue to get healed up. So that's what we're going to believe for, okay? As, as I'm speaking, nothing special about me. Although, like Andy said, I'm also his favorite, I guess. Like you all are too. So this is family business. We're in the family of God here. We're in, we're in a safe house because it's his house. So even as I'm speaking, just believe, just start testing your knees. Like, oh, he's banging on about a few bits, but my knee's starting to feel a whole lot better. Just, just see what starts happening. I believe depression is going to lift from people as well. Right now in Jesus' name. Joy. Lift up your head, child. Man, I need to hear this. The whole thing that Andy said about being an orphan, every opportunity throughout the day, we've got the opportunity to think like an orphan, right? Everything. Rejection. Every day we can wake up, and it's an ongoing revelation that we need this adoption, isn't it? It's happened. We are adopted. But I just keep needing to hear it over my life. This lift up your head. I'm a son. You're a son, you're a daughter. Okay. Oh, by the way, this is all about worship. Everything that we're doing today is all about worship because it's all about him. Now, I'm, I'm beginning to understand myself more and more as I, I hit a ripe, ripe old age of 40 years old now. I know, it's so hard to understand. <laughs> but I... But I'm understanding my wiring, my, my shape. And what, what I really value is experience. Something that I really, really value is feeling something. Experience. And that's okay. That's all right, just to say. I'm keen that not only I, that we as a church community, as a family, that we experience the full realities of what Jesus won at the cross. Otherwise, we're like Andy said, we're cutting him very short. You know, he was pinned to a tree for our sin. But it's so we could understand who we truly are, right? But I want to feel it. I want to feel it. And I put a great sense of worth on that. But my danger can be that I quickly jump to experience and feelings. And if I don't feel something, it can't be true. Anyone else suffer with that on my my own? So often I want to jump there without giving myself or anyone else a context of why we can feel stuff. So in preparing this, I felt God take me slightly outside of my norm. 
outside of my comfort zone. And it's actually, it's good to feel things. It's, it's really important. But when it comes to worship, when it comes to feelings, when it comes to emotions, where, where do they come from? And, and first and foremost, we need to ask the question, how does God define it? Yeah, how, how does God define worship to us? Because I can define it in one way. But how does God define it? What do we see in his holy book, in his Bible? And I think this is so important that we, we understand that not only our practice, our lifestyle, our, uh, everything we're about, it's so, so easy. Listen, I, I love reading about worship. I love reading about him. But very, how often do we, do we go to this book to find out about him, to find out about worship? You know, I've read scores of books about this book. Scores of books about worship, about understanding his presence, but what do we see in here? And I know that's our only safe platform, right? So that's what we're going to do. Before we learn from others, before we learn from other principles, and there's so many out there, what do we learn from his voice that we see through his word, which is timeless and true? Amen? So I've pulled out a few verses here. Before I do, though, can, can we just stand together? If, you, if you're able. I love what Jesus said, that when he comes, he will guide you into all truth. I want you to test everything I'm going to say. But he will guide you into all truth. So right now, just ask Holy Spirit. Just say, Holy Spirit, would you take your own word... And would you birth something in my heart that makes my heart explode again? That's what we want. That's what we long for. So right now, Jesus, would you take all the glory? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, what an amazing God. We honor you. We say, would our lives line up to you and would our hearts change? Would they beat with the heartbeat of heaven? For Jesus' glory. Amen. Amen. Feel free to take your seats. So I've just pulled out some scriptures. There's no particular order. And man, some of you have been in this gig far longer than me. The Bible is full of what worship looks like, right? So you could come up here and give me 10 other scriptures. But these are the ones that I felt drawn to as I was preparing. Psalm 96. Nine verses. Listen to this. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. This is an active thing, like Andy encouraged us, right? Sing a new song. All the earth, sing to the Lord and bless his name. Tell of his salvation day after day. Declare his glory among the nations. His marvelous works among all peoples, for great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods, for all gods of the peoples are worthless idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Love that. All other gods are worthless idols, but our God, he made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Did you taste that? I sat on the floor there and I tasted some of his beauty. Did you? Did you experience that? Because he's inviting you in to taste and see that he's good. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of peoples. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord glory due his name. Bring an offering. And this offering is my heart. And come into his courts. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. Psalm 95. O come, let us worship. Let us bow down. Sorry they're not coming up on the screen. Let us kneel before the Lord our maker for he is our God and we are his people, the people of his pasture. And I love this phrase, the sheep of his hand. We're the sheep of his hand. Psalm 34 verse 1, I will exalt the Lord at all times. Even in the drought, even in pain, I'll exalt my king. His praise will always be on my lips. Verse 3, glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt the name of the Lord together. That's why we've come, right? I'm not on my own, unless this is a one wacky mirage. But we've come together, like this scripture says, glorify the Lord with me. Let's exalt him together. 
Psalm 48 verse 1, great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. Here's a few from the New Testament. Hebrews 12, 28, therefore let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. That's what we've got. And thus, let us offer to God an acceptable worship with reverence and awe. For our God is a consuming fire. Revelation 15, 4. Who will not fear you, O Lord, and glorify your name? For you alone are holy, and all the nations will come and worship you. I don't know how many of us are here, a remnant. But one day all the nations will gather before him. And all the nations, whether they've bowed their knee here or not, will bow their knee. And they'll realize that, wow, this Jesus is exactly who he said he was. Lastly, Revelation 5. And I've read this out. This is the scripture that's really been living with me lately. Then I looked, this is John, and I heard a voice of many angels. So right where we're sitting, can I, can I just encourage you to believe that there's angels present? That there are angels present. You might not feel them, but they're present. I stood here earlier, and now I felt this wind go past me, and I thought it was Paul going past me, but he wasn't there. And, and I genuinely just went, man, did you feel that? Yeah, yeah. So, so other people are feeling similar things, right? So, so we've got to expect sometimes, you know, we entertain strangers, the Bible says, and we might be entertaining angels, right? And, and I, I want to believe more and more for angelic activity as we worship. As we worship... As we worship, as we worship, we're going to experience that. Sorry, I've gone off the text here. Thousands of angels, 10,000 times 10,000. If you want to know, that's 100 million, by the way. 100 million angels encircled around the throne. I'm a football fan. I'm not going to tell you the team I support, but I love my team. And I love when I go to Anfield. And when you're there, when we win, there's an electricity that ripples around the stadium. Doesn't happen that often, but it happens. And I want you to picture right now a hundred million angels that are calling out, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. They're not going to say it like that. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth... And on the sea, and all of them in them singing this song to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. And then the four living creatures said amen, and the elders fell down and they worshipped. Worship is huge, right? Worship is absolutely huge. It's something that's happening right now, right here. It's something that's happening around the world. And it's something that we will be doing for all eternity. So I want to look at, I don't want to be too long, but I want to take some time going through this. I want to look at worship and worshippers. What is worship? And I'm sure there will be some overlap. This is what I love. Me, Andy and Paul did not get our notes together first and go, hey bro, what are you talking about? I don't know. What. Because I think somehow we can coerce things. I love that Paul last night, he got down and said, I hope I haven't stitched you up. And I was like, do you know what? I think you have. But in every great way. So that's the end of the sermon. Joss, if you want to come back up. All joking aside, we're going to look at what worship is, right? What is worship? Defined. In the Bible, this is what I believe it is. It's an adoration. It's the reverence. It's the honor. It's the awe. It's the praise. It's the exhortation. It's the glory given to God. That is worship. And I know it's pretty simplistic, but that's what it's going to be. Hopefully, revelation's going to come to us more and more and more. Worship is all about him. Above and beyond what we look to get out of it ourselves, we do experience stuff ourselves. That's just the nature of the overflow, right? But I'd, I, I, I'm like you, and maybe you're like me. Everything in life, we can often go, hmm, sounds interesting. What's in it for me? Sounds like an interesting church experience you guys run here up on the hill. What's in it for me? What kind of children's work do you run? I, I don't quite like the way this happens or that happens. Now, we can very quickly make worship about us and a ministry unto Santino. When it's actually a ministry unto the Lord. That, that, that has to be worship, right? So the starting place it is so good, man. 
Joss, hasn't he served so wonderfully well? And Alid, aren't they amazing? Didn't you? Your voices together, guys. Just incredible. And they absolutely assist everything, but they would say themselves, it's not about well-crafted songs, although it massively helps. It's not about the right order or the right format and style and preference, although it massively helps. It's the manner of our hearts. It's all about position. It's where we position and posture our hearts. So lifestyle is worship, right? Life is worship. So it's about the positioning of one's heart to get them in the right posture that they point to him. Somehow that my little heart points to this amazing magnified God in everything that I do. That I understand that I belong to him. That my life, my being, my soul, my my very existence is only here because he says so. The reason why I'm going... It's because he says so. That his breath in my lungs means that I pour out praise. Worship means to kneel before, to bow down to, to kiss unto, to kiss towards, to look on with reverence, to be in awe of. That's the position. That's what worship means, to, to kneel down. And, and people do it externally. But it's just the posture of one's heart. Surely the reason why I go, man, I feel like I need to be on my face. is because my heart is suddenly coming to this right alignment. To go, the reason why I feel like I need to be on my face is because I realize there's a holy being watching me. But he calls me son. And I call him Abba. Man, it's precious, isn't it? I love looking at these kids running around. Oh God, would there be a day that we run with abandonment? Realising that, hey, we just grow, we grow up and we grow a little bit more reserved, don't we? But somehow our hearts don't stay pure. They, there's so many mixed motives. So that's where we point them. And when we point them towards this holy being with reverent awe, I want you to know that we point them towards the one who... Scripture tells us, and our hearts testify with that, right? Because the living word is in us. We point them towards the one who's worthy. And he's not just a good boss. He's worthy. He's saviour. He's friend. He's redeemer. He's so so many things. We could be here all night just reeling off the descriptions of God, couldn't we? But we point them towards the one who is worthy. Worthy is the lamb who sits on the throne. So, so often we make it about our needs. I wonder whether that's true of you. My wants, my desires, my style. But we first must understand. It starts with him. It finishes with him. It's to him, through him, because of him, out of him, back to him. It's all about making much of him. That's what we're doing. This is what this conference, this is what this weekend's about. Making much of him. I just felt struck by this. Look at the children of Israel or the people of Israel. It's amazing to understand that we're now joined with them. You know, we're several hundreds of years later down the line, but we are grafted in, right? We are now the people of God. Look at, just look at one another. I, I know it's scary, but you can. So, so often you say that and you think, I don't know where I want to look. We're the people of God. We're the people of God. And you know, in the Old Testament, what we see is God called out a people with one primary purpose. And that was that these people would belong to him. That they would have no other idols, no other gods would they fashion other than Yahweh. They'd have no other gods. But he called them out to belong to him, but the purpose gets deeper, that they would worship him. Let me show you. Look at what God instructed Moses to do so interesting. God instructed Moses to go to this guy Pharaoh and say, let my people go so they can come into the desert and worship me. Different style of desert than what we were talking about earlier. God leads us to a desert that prospers, right? Where we can worship him. We've all been led out of a desert of slavery of sin, but it's for one primary purpose, that we might worship him. 
Not that we might just sit and go, oh, I've, I'm saved, wonderful. But like Andy brilliantly said earlier, that we've been gathered in with a company, a family of other people going, oh, you're saved too, wow, come on. Let's go to the temple. Oh, wow, the temple's here. Let's stay right here. Let's stay right here. Because God's here. God's here. God's here. They were set free for a purpose, and that purpose was to worship. This guy called Wayne Grudem, much, a thinker much like myself, um, not as intelligent, but a, a good mind. He's a good mind. He said, worship is the activity of glorifying God in his presence. Check this out. Glorifying, honor, reverence, or in his presence. Wow, you're here. With our voices and our hearts. That, that's, that's worship. That's the framework. So something to consider. I just want to ask you some questions. Maybe close your eyes. What does worship become for you? I thought it was so helpful, Andy, giving us that list earlier. I folded it up and I've put it in my Bible. And I'm going to use it. How about you? What does worship become for you? Is it about you? Man, it's too loud. I don't like the style. Or has it become a ministry unto the Lord? So I want to say an application from here is let's make it about him. Wherever we find ourselves on Monday morning, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then there on out, let's, let's make it about him. Every time we wake up, let's say, oh, morning, Father. Oh, thank you that I'm breathing again. Take it. You have, no, you obviously haven't taken me home. So I tell you what, I'm going to make my day all about you. I'm going to make my heart's posture and position right now all about you. You're so holy. You're so glorious. And you're such a good daddy. And we just stare upon him. You know, worship is the only appropriate response to the presence of God, isn't it? To the presence of this all-powerful one. To the presence of this three-in-one. It's not a Timothy advert. Talking about the Trinity. I just want us to think for a moment. We come before Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. All absolutely God. Three persons in one beautiful Godhead. Man, that, that's enough to baffle our brains for the rest of our days. So how, how can we understand him? He's un, inunderstandable. Three in one. We come before this holy one, this all-consuming fire, with reverence, awe, and honor. That's how we set our hearts. So worship for me, guys, as we move on to the final point, worship for me is all about posture and position. Yes, it looks good on the outside. We can posture ourselves. But it's the position of our hearts to say, regardless of what's happening in life, my heart is pointed unto you. My heart is pointed unto you. When we learn how and where to position our hearts, that, I believe, leads us into how we can understand how we can be and remain worshippers. That's our response, right? So, worship, position of one's heart unto the Lord. Wow, look at how amazing you are. Worshippers. So what does this look like day to day? How do we work this out? How should we worship this all-consuming fire? Earlier, I just remembered it and just to embarrass Brian, I suppose. When Andy said about, sometimes it's about learning how to be undignified. And David, he said something about, I hope you said this, Andy, or I'm grossly misunderstanding. He said about dancing in underpants, right? Justin, thank you. Dancing in just your underpants. Brian nudged me and went, I do that privately. <laughs> and I was just like, and that's all, that's the only image I've had. That's why I need, I'm preaching to myself like eyes unto him. <laughs> Not him. Him. So we don't imagine Brian in his underpants as we're worshippers. Sorry, that's lost the moment. But there's something about this. How do we do this? How, do we, how can I not be too focused about other people? How, why am I so afraid? Why am I so conscious of my own voice? Why am I so conscious of what other people might think? 
I want you to know, when we come before this Holy One, this all-consuming fire, we don't come with our hearts full of fear, the wrong kind of fear. Fear and trembling in the Bible, when God says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling, it doesn't mean like, oh dear, he might smite me. It's kind of what I've already said. It's positioning our hearts in, in wonder. And so we're not coming before this fearful one that might smite us with an electric bolt because he's perfect daddy, right? You, do you believe that? I, and I know we need ongoing revelation, but I've known him over the short 14 years that I've been saved. I've known him to be good. Like, genuinely good. Yeah? So he's perfect. And, and his perfect, genuine goodness drives out fear, the Bible says. Doesn't it? It's perfect love that drives out fear. So we don't come before this Abba, fearful. As he reminded me earlier, he says, lift up your head, child. True worship is about a heart. This is how we understand it. That is full and overwhelmed with praise. With praise. You know, those that have been forgiven much know how to praise much. I want to ask you, have you been forgiven much? (laughs) I love you. Have you been forgiven much? Because I know that I've been forgiven much. In my short time, I've done some horrific things. And I've thought some heinous things. But praise needs to be the overflow from the heart, right? So we're to live in the posture of praise, overwhelmed with the love, the goodness, the the kindness, the the mercy, the faithfulness, the patience. (laughs) Oh boy, the patience and the grace of God. How this Holy One would take on flesh and come and dwell amongst us. He, He would be here like us today and he didn't have anything attractive that we might look at him and go, there's Jesus There's the Messiah. He looked just like me. Maybe just like you. Nothing attractive. Nothing that you might say, oh, the Messiah's here. So how would this holy one put on skin, come to planet Earth, and die upon a cross? That's what pours out of our hearts. Why? How? My word, you've done that for me. And do you know what? Through accepting Christ, we now have hearts that are born again. We're not just a moralistic club. We're, we're not, this isn't about behavior modification, right? The moment that I responded to Jesus' invitation, I was given a new heart. Brand new. Born again. Born again. So it's out of these new, brand new, born again, redeemed, slate wiped, clean hearts that we pour out thanksgiving and praise. That something in my heart now pours out, oh, you're so worthy. Man, you, you saved a rebel like me. You met me, Jesus. I love what the scripture says in Luke 15. This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. That's our king. That's what he did with me. He, he welcomed me in and he, he walked me right up into the Father and went, welcome to the family. That's what he's done with you. So our hearts worship pointed towards him. How do we live it out? We, we just live it out by praising, by praising, by thanking, by praising. Through accepting Christ. This is the honor due his name. This is what I believe is the honor due his name. What gives him greatest honor is when saved, redeemed, born again, sons and daughters start going, look at how amazing our dad is. That's what I believe is the honor that's due his name. You know, creation itself is waiting for sons to be revealed. Creation is longing for it. It's longing for us to come into our right place and the right position to live out. No striving, no performing, but this sense of peace and rest, man, I'm a son. Come on. We've been saved. We've been saved. Take a deep breath. You've been saved. Come on. Nothing upon nothing upon nothing upon nothing in all creation, heaven and earth, will ever separate you, Jenny, from your new born-again heart 
that is found its home in the Father's heart. Nothing. His undeserved favor, right, poured out on us. So that's our response. Praise, gratitude, thankfulness. Psalms. I love the Psalms. Psalm 107 says, give thanks to the Lord, for he is what? He's good. And his love endures for how long? (laughs) Forever. Oh, whoop, whoop. His love endures forever. Psalm 100, love this. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and praise. So this is the framework. Gladness, joy, thanksgiving and praise. And we can do that regardless of the storms that's going around us. And I know I look on at some of you and I know the storms. And you know the storms I've been through. We know the storms, and some of you have hit storms that one man and one woman shouldn't have in a lifetime. But regardless of storm, your heart can still still say, I choose to praise you. I'm thankful. Paul said last night about this dear blind lady that was born blind. And she was asked about, man, how does it feel being blind? She says, well, the good thing I'm looking forward to is the first face that I'm going to see is Jesus's. Didn't do it justice like he did it last night. (laughs) Wasn't that cool? Wow. Reverent awe of the one who heals. He seems to have healed some people tonight. He seems to have saved many people here. And this is his heart for the nations. So that's the framework. Gladness, joy, thanksgiving and praise. So you position your heart, you get your heart and you say, man, regardless, I'm getting up, I'm getting a big mug of coffee in my hand first thing in the morning. I'm going to sit somewhere, I'm going to position my heart unto the Lord and I'm going to pour out praise. And I'm going to praise him until my heart changes. Also, it looks like this. In John's Gospel, Paul went here last night. Yet a time is coming and now has now come when true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshippers that the Father seeks. So we want to know what kind of worshippers are we to be with our hearts? Well, the ones that worship in spirit and in truth. Because it's so easy. It's so easy in times like this when we're feeling it, right? We're all feeling it. I'm, I'm digging it, San. But when there's times when you're on your own and the enemy's whispering about who you're not... And you start believing him. There's times that we need to learn how to worship in spirit and in truth. God is spirit and he is actually truth. Jesus is truth that became flesh for us. He's the word that became flesh. So that's what we're invited into. That's what we're invited to participate in. And actually I think it's a command. Because it says must. And I, you know, I, I am Greek but I don't quite know how to look at the Greek into that. Other than must. Yeah, it says must. Must worship him in spirit and truth. Not like, see how you're feeling, Rich. See how you're feeling, bro. If you don't feel it, then something else. It's spirit and truth. That's what we're encouraged into. You know, in spirit. As Paul rightly said yesterday, you know, we, we know we've got the born again nature. So, so we know that the, like, as Jesus said, that one day I won't leave you as orphans. Remember, he said, I'll come to you and we will live in you. So we know that we've, we've received the spirit, but where he's talking about this in John's gospel, cause I read into it as well, you see. And it's not necessarily saying, cause it's spirit with a small s. He's saying that our spirits somehow connect with the heavenly realms. Because that's where God dwells, and our citizenship now is in heaven. So our spirits can have free access to this open heaven to go, hey man, I should have hung out here sooner. And, and, and enjoyed it, right? So there's something about God has rendered open the heavens because of Christ. And he brilliantly said, it's the point. The cross is the point of access. But he welcomes us in to now go, right now your spirit can connect with the heavenly realms. So where there are these hundred million angels... Somehow, that's where we are as well. The Bible tells us that we are now seated with Christ. Where is he? At the right hand of God. That's my true identity, seated with him, with the Father. 
And Colossians says, for me to now set my heart and mind on things above, not on earthly things, which can come and go like a vapor, but on eternal things. For I died and my life is now hidden with Christ in God. Same spirit that raised Christ from death now lives in us. Of course it has that aspect too. That's why we have the access. That same spirit that rose Jesus from death, man lives in you, lives in me. My body is now the temple of the Holy Spirit. I love what Ephesians says as well, that you've been given the down payment. Oh, thanks for popping in. Here's the down payment. Oh, what's the down? Oh, it's God. God's the down payment. Boom. And the reason why I've given you myself is to convince you that I'm coming back. I want you to see that. The reason why he leaves himself behind is to say I'm coming back for you. It's a down payment. It's a guarantee of the things hoped for. And hope for us isn't that. This is silliness. Hope for us isn't this. Please. I'm hanging on. Hope for us is the certainty that we can't see. Man, we've got a great hope. I'm cruising all over the place. I'm sorry. I hope you're staying with me. The Spirit of God lives and abides in me, in you. And worship really does become about a deeper awareness, a deeper revelation of, wow, I've got the Holy One in me. I've got the risen one in me. I've got his spirit, the spirit of Jesus in me. One just like Jesus now in me. Wow, God lives in you. And this same spirit connects with our spirit like Galatians and Romans says. And the connection is so beautiful because it's this. It's not servant. It's son. And what does the spirit connect with our spirit? So what does our spirit cry out? Abba. Abba. So when we're... Engaged with heavenly activity. We're not just a number. Although I know it can feel like that. We're not, we're actually greater than the angels. So these hundred million, he doesn't call them sons and daughters. But somehow we connect in this heavenly realm and we go, Daddy, we're home. Daddy, I'm home. I'm home. Pull me in closer. Lift up your head, child. Daddy, I'm, I'm in the courts of the king. Can I come in? Yeah, come in. And while you do, lift up your head. Because all of this belongs to you. This is your inheritance. You're going to be here for a very long time. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. Worship in truth. So our spirits can connect with his. And truth means that, man, the world is looking for truth, right? The world is looking for it. And the spirit and truth are so combined. Because Jesus said... That I'm leaving, we know that. And he said, but don't worry, when he comes, he'll guide you into all truth. That's his promise. He said, he's going to be just like me, I'm paraphrasing, but he's going to guide you. Like I've been guiding you, but he's going to guide you into all truth. And he's going to take from me and, the, and dad, and he's going to give it to you. He's going to give it to you, but he's going to reveal what is true. What is true. I don't know about you, but since I've be- become a Christian, I've, I've understand more about truth. Not, not just like, no, I, I, I'm the master of my own destiny. I'll, I'll see what's true or not. But actually, I've, I've begun to understand what is true. And it's revealed in here. So Jesus said also that we will know the truth and the truth will set us free. We will encounter something. Our hearts will change. So it's meant to move us like we've heard. But our hearts aren't just meant to move to have these nice feelings and that's it. They're meant to move so we go, I feel changed. I feel like somehow truth has changed me. And we need to learn to agree with what is true and truth. Regardless of what we feel. So right where I started, we are coming in for a close soon. Right where I started, I'm so quick to go, well I'm not feeling it so it can't be true. That's not true. Regardless of what's seemingly perceived on the external, the, the emotions, God's timeless truth trumps everything. So this becomes a, an engagement of one's will. And I need that. I'm strong-willed. And I need my will to align with his will. So even what I, whatever I'm feeling, I need to be able to say, I will praise him. I need to be able to say, I will magnify him. I need to be able to say, even in this, 
You are good. I will honour you. Even in this, this is... Even if you get this, right? I am loved. But I don't feel... I, I am loved. I am loved. That's an application. Why don't you close your eyes just for a moment? When you worship, do you actively engage with the Holy Spirit? Let me encourage you to actively engage with Holy Spirit. When you worship, you can actively engage with the heavenly realms. Where your passport is waiting for you. Ask God to lead you into all truth. Every day you get up, as a worshipper of spirit and truth, say, Holy Spirit, thank you that you are God's expression on the earth. Thank you, Jesus, that you've conquered it all. You're now set at the right hand of God. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that your role is to keep pointing towards God and to reveal his truth. So say, lead me, guide me into all truth. A couple more minutes, then we're done. The results of genuine worship, I'm going to whistle through these. When we make worship all about him, when we truly posture our hearts toward him in honor, reverence and awe as sons and daughters, knowing that we worship in spirit and truth, when we do this, there can only be an overflow that affects our lives, right? So these are the effects. What's in it for us then? We do want to get to feelings. We encounter him. We encounter him. We encounter his manifest presence with us. Now, under the old covenant, it says this in 2 Chronicles, the trumpeters and the singers, they joined in unison as with one voice. I'm sure you know the scripture. To give praise and thanks to the Lord. They were accompanied by trumpets, cymbals and other instruments. They raised their voices in praise to the Lord and sang, for he is good and his love endures forever. Then, listen to this, the temple of the Lord was filled with a cloud and the priests could not perform their service because of the cloud of the glory of the Lord filled the temple of God. This is old covenant. I want you to know that the Bible says we live in a better covenant because of Jesus. So if the the cloud filled the temple, how much more should we expect today? That the cloud of his presence not only fills a temple like this, like a, a building, but somehow this cloud comes up from within. And this cloud fills these vessels within. And together these clouds come together. You know what I'm saying. These temples come together and there's one big cloud. Suddenly God, this manifest presence of God with his people. So when we're doing it privately, like Andy said, it's all just practice for when we come publicly. And when we come publicly, it's all just practice for when we're private. I don't know why I'm using the word practice. But the two are so married together. New Testament says, draw near to God and I will draw near to you. God really does want us to encounter him. God really does want us to experience his love a whole lot. God really does want our hearts to meet and to beat with his heart. His desire is still to be with his people. That he would call a people out from the desert of sin and say, man, come and live with me. Just to finish with this last little pointer. These encounters lead to true and lasting delight. So not only do we experience him, but it leads to delight. Psalm 16.11 says, In his presence is the full reality of joy. And at his right hand is eternal pleasures forevermore. So when we, and that's just one verse, when we come into his presence knowing that we're not trying to find him, he's already here, but when we engage our hearts to him, we can find true satisfaction. We can find true and lasting delight because joy and satisfaction is found in him. And when we find those little nuggets, we stay hungry for more, don't we? Now, I used to be a cocaine addict. Sorry to suddenly drop that on you, but I did. And the reason why I was a cocaine addict is because I was a pleasure seeker. And the reason why I did lines of cocaine is because it gave me great pleasure. What I didn't realize, it was robbing from me as well. But what I found in Jesus, and I know you have too, is pure delight. One that won't leave you hungover going, oh, why was I born? 
but one that will leave you going, this is why I was born. This is why I was born. To live in this pure delight. Man, so much to say, but I've gone over. Uh, Joss, Joss and Al, could you, could we just seal this? Man, you haven't come here to hear more information, I know that. We finish our time just by responding. Psalm 84, as they're coming, I'll nick these two little minutes. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord Almighty. Is this you? My soul yearns. It even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Verse 10, better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. But we're going to be in these courts for a thousand times, a thousand times, a thousand years, and then times that by a million. Psalm 42, as a deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, O Lord. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Let's stand together. We're just going to... We're going to pray. I'm going to hand back to Paul. I feel like he will be able to lead us well through this. Just right now, I want to say God wants your whole heart. And it's so easy to come to these gigs, come to these times, and we can all put on the Christian mask. We can all put on the right clothes. But I want to say to you, God wants your whole heart. Not a tithe. He wants your whole heart. That is your spiritual act of worship. Like it says in Romans, you are to be and become a living sacrifice. So worship is about giving it all to him, saying all that I am is yours. All that I have is yours. All that I desire belongs to you or for your glory. So I'd love us to think about making this our life tagline, if you like. Let my life, the sum total of my days, be worship unto you. Let everything that pours out of my life be glory to you. Let every word, every song, every murmur of my heart be glory unto you. We just lift up our hands for a moment. God, I pray you'd just come and your weighty glory would just rest on us. We'd feel it like a duvet from heaven. Right now. Just your weighty glory. I pray it would rest on us and in us and through us. But right now, just receive the Holy Spirit afresh. Right now, make the active choice as we, as we sing to say... Here's my heart. Here I am as your son or your daughter. I'm choosing to position my heart toward you. And I'm going to pour out my praise. And everyone's going to hear me.